Hello, listeners, and welcome back to episode 18 of I Have No Filter. And it's been a crazy, crazy couple months. I miss posting in March, and I apologize. I My work took off. Literally, it took off and completely busy and overwhelmed with everything going on. But I am back, and I have a few things to share. So Netflix has released their original, another original reality TV show called the ultimatum. When I say this is the messiest and cringiest show I have ever watched, I am not lying to you. So this show is hosted by Nick and his wife, Nick Lachey and his wife, Vanessa Lachey, um, did not know that she actually plays a cop on my, one of my favorite TV shows and CIS, but she does the Hawaii version. Didn't know they did that. Um, but she, him, um, Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey are both hosting. They're actually the same host for love is blind. And this is, um, a show based on someone in a relationship, whether it be the girl or the guy who is given their partner, the ultimatum to get married. Um, these couples range from ages, I think it's like 22 to 25 And it's just really weird because I'm 25 and I'm still single and I just don't see myself giving my partner an ultimatum, but they, these people have. And so they get these six individuals who have volunteered to go on this experiment. And so this is the experiment. These six couples are here in an apartment building. I think it's an apartment building and they come together and they explain each of their situations and why they're giving their partner the ultimatum. So the the experiment is you break up for a month and you have to date someone else in the group. I know, very strange. It's really, really weird, but that's, that's the experiment. And so there's like this... So the the first day they come together as a couple and they kind of explain their situation and, you know, what they want to get out of the the experiment. And so the couple breaks up. And then the next day you have a week. You have one week of of dating basically the other people in the group and you kind of see who you have this potential connection with. And so at the end of the week you get together at this dinner table super, super weird. And you have to choose in front of the person you came here with who the other person you've had a semi decent connection with who you want to live with for a month. Like it's full blown. They call it like a pre-marriage trial. Um, so you live with this person for a month and you know, your day-to-day routine is changed. It's just, it's just a really weird experience. Um, But anyway, so after the month you live with that new person is over and the whole point of that is to see if there are things in your relationship with your previous partner that you think you were missing or something that you didn't really think about about, you know, think about marriage and all and, you know, you figure those things out and then you have another month where you live with your partners. So you basically get back together. And when I say it's weird, it's weird. It's really hard for me to explain. You just kind of have to watch it. So if you ever have time, I literally watched the whole season in almost a night. Yeah, I stayed up very late on a Sunday, <laughs> Sunday night, and I had to work the next day. I didn't go to bed until almost 3 a.m., and I had to be up at 6. So it was it was bad, but it was a really good show. Um, I get the intent behind it. That is just not a show that I would find myself on, only because, one, what I've learned from watching that show is an ultimatum 
it can work, but it will bite you most nine times out of 10, it will bite you in the ass <laughs> because the person that's giving the ultimatum, they are either realizing that they're too much full of themselves, thinking that there's no one else that can compare to them. And once their partner ventures out and has more in common with the other person, you begin to realize like, oh shit, like this girl has things that I couldn't give him or I couldn't give her. And now they're giving that to them. And what do I like you freak out? And in one in one of the couples, one of the young ladies, she realizes that she came into it was like, oh, well, he's going to go into this and he's going to realize that I'm the one blah, blah, blah. But what he realizes the new girl that he was living with, there were a lot of things that his girlfriend wasn't giving him that he wanted that he didn't realize he needed. And um, it was just, you know, you you kind of you roll the dice on that. And that's why an ultimatum. It's just, I, in my personal opinion, it's not, it's not a good idea. If someone doesn't want to marry you or if they're just not, if they're just hesitant to marry you, then don't force that person to put a ring on your finger. Because one thing is, for me anyway, when someone dropped down is getting on one knee, I need him to be sure. I need to, him to say, yeah, this is my person. No matter what we go through and what we argue about, her bad habits her good habits you know her annoying moments the way I chew my food like all of that I want him to be comfortable with because I am who I am and although I will change and compromise certain things in order for a relationship to work but I am who I am and if you can't accept me for who I am now how are you going to be able to accept me in a marriage this is like till death do us part I take those words very seriously so if someone's proposing to me, I want them to be sure. And I, I also want to be sure because, you know, for me, marriage is, it's a contract, right? It's not a contract with the person that I'm marrying. It's a contract with God, right? I am under, under your guidance and under your, your path that you have put me on. You put this person in my life and I want to prove to you that I am able to love this person, right? Especially because, I'm the type of person that always says, you know what, please send me someone that will do X, Y, and Z, or please send me someone that's going to make me feel like this. And you, and you know, he puts that person into my life, right? So when I decide to get married, my vows are not going to be to the person that I'm marrying. And I know that sounds weird, but my vow is to God. My vow is to show him that you have heard what I've said. You've answered my prayers. You've answered you know, you put this person in my life that I've been asking for. Now I'm vowing to you. I'm going to prove to you that the person you you put you set in front of me, I'm going to prove to you that I am able to love him and shower him with so much grace and so much want and so much need and just so much admiration. I'm going to show you that I deserve this person. You've put in the work. Now it's time for me to show you how much I appreciate the work you put in to bringing this person into my life. So and I recently, and the only reason I say this, and the only reason I've come to this conclusion is because I've realized that a lot of people will sit and ask and do all the prayers in the world, will ask God for this and that and this and that. But when they don't put in the work to show him why you deserve that, it's kind of like a slap in the face. That's it's just, that's just my personal opinion. And that's just how I guess this I I view I just that's how I view marriage now, right? 
it's not when you get married, it's not a vow to that person, because guess what? You can break those vows. Those are like empty promises, right? Like you get married and. And I guess I guess this is how I came to this conclusion. When people get married and they vow to the other person, oh, I'm going to do this for you. Oh, I'm going to do that for you. Oh, I'm going to do whatever, whatever. And you don't do it right. You break that vow and the person throws it back in your face. And I've heard it before. Remember what you told me on my wedding day? The Remember what you said in your vows? Remember, right? So it's easy to break a vow to a person because it's like, oh, well, I'm human. You know, that's just what it is. But when you make a vow to God, when you're vowing to God that or a higher being or whoever you, you know, whoever you praise and who you worship, for me, it's just that's just who I am. That's where my faith lies. I am vowing to my higher being that the person they put in front of me is someone he believes I am well deserving of. And I now I need to prove to my higher being that I deserve this love, that I deserve this person that he put into my life, that every day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to love this person. I'm going to choose to love this person because this is the person I've asked my higher being to put in front of me, to help me you know, love myself and to, and to help me feel like I deserve to be loved. My vow to love this person is to, is to my higher being because he has put so much work to put this person in front of me. And now I need to prove to him why I deserve this. And so that's just that, that ultimatum stuff that just doesn't make sense to me because it's like, if there's a hesitancy of marrying the person that you're with, then don't do it because it it's such a lifelong commitment and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of it's a lot of tears shed. It'll be a lot of smiles. It's like it's not happy go lucky all the time. But if you love the person for who they are and for who they will become, then you shouldn't have to put up an ultimatum for someone to marry you. I just if you can't see the person for who they are in front of you, then there's no reason to marry them. And that's just and that's just my outlook on it. And that outlook also came from my second show that I am so in love with and I think everyone is in love with is Bridgerton season two. Oh my gosh. Kate and Anthony, I am just, yeah, my standards grew 10 times over just watching those two just like not only is the sexual tension there, but it that's not the that's not what you feel. It's like you feel the emotional pull that like that magnetic just pull to want to be just want to be with someone and that that just you knowing that they have your heart and both of them are so afraid of, you know, kind of being selfish because they're the older sibling. Like, I know what that feels like. I'm the oldest. Right. I'm the oldest sibling. I have a younger brother. Uh, we're three and a half years apart. And that want to kind of look out put your feelings aside and look out for those who you care about like there are plenty of times where I will sacrifice what I want in order to make sure my parents are good or my brother is good or you know like my best friend is good that's kind of how I treat people in my life that I truly care about I will put what I want to the side to make sure that they're okay that's just who I am and to kind of see that and see them like they know they want each other. They know that they're right for each other. They know that this is just so magnetic and so powerful, but they're not willing 
to take that leap of faith and be with each other because of their family. Oh, and, you know, besides the fact that he's engaged for her sister. But, you know, that's besides the fact. Um, but it's just, it was just so, like, oh, my gosh. It just brought chills to my to my whole entire body. And then when Daphne was explaining to him what love is and that feeling of just pure fire and like that, that want to be with that person, no matter what. And after his father died and his mom was just in mourning and she just said, Edmund was the air that I breathe. And now that he's not here, there is no air. I was like, oh my gosh, I wanted to cry. And then he said the same thing to her when before that whole spicy sex scene, oh my gosh. And he was like, you, I want to breathe for you. I was like, oh my gosh, like people. And, and listen, that, that part right there is, is amazing. But, but I was just watching TikTok this morning. Yes, I am a TikTok watcher. Yes, I am. And there was a video that I saw um, on TikTok, and it was from the first season. It was when Daphne's mom was in um, in one of the, I think, the drawing rooms or whatever room she was in, and she was um, embroidering tulips on a handkerchief. And Anthony was, you know, he was still thinking he was in love with Sienna. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Um, it was just lust um and she was saying you know tulips are a um represent passion and she of course made a punch you know a punch a jab at him saying well maybe I'll embroider you know something for your betrothed and the scene after you know Kate recovers from her injury and she's in bed and Anthony comes to visit her he brings her tulips like I in in the video, I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot that that happened in season one. Like the connection is just so incredible. That's why I love Shonda. I love her to death. I love her writings. I love her shows like it, they're just so amazing. And the way she just connects those two seasons together, it's just it's awesome. Side note, um, Bridgerton is actually a book. If you didn't know, I'm sure you do know, but it's written by Julia Quinn. There are eight books. So we all know they're going to be eight seasons. Each season is going to be a standalone season. But I've heard through different articles that I've read that Shonda is not going to go in the exact same order as the books. She's going to kind of jump around a little bit. But you can basically, um, when I found that out, I bought all eight books, by the way. My mom's reading the first um, one. It's about Daphne and Simon. And the second one is The Viscount Who Loved Me, which w which is about Antony and Kate. Um, so it's going to go in the order of the kids. And, oh, my goodness, didn't realize this either. Each Bridgerton child, their name is in alphabetical order. What are the odds? Anyway, going back on track. But watching season two of Bridgerton, it definitely... It definitely like increased my standards. I'm like, yes, this is how I want to be loved and to be just protected and, you know, just feel desired. Like I just, I don't want to date to date anymore. Like I want to date to find someone. Like I want to, I want to date to marry. That is my goal. I am, I know I'm 25. I'm not saying that I need to be married in the next one or two years. I'm not putting a time limit on it, but I do see myself the next person I do date. I want I want to be with that person. Like, I'm ready to be a mom. Like, I can't wait to have kids. And I want to make sure the person that 
I'm having children with is the person I am wholeheartedly in love with. When you bring kids into a relationship, I really want to make sure that there is a great example of how they should, when they grow up, I want my marriage to be an example for them. I want them to know that with patience, with hard work and with dedication, that right person will come into your life at the right time. And the one the one thing I'm working on is patience. I'm a very impatient person, um, but I am working on patience. I'm working on myself. I'm, you know, I've, I'm a much more confident, stronger person than I was a year ago and the year before that. And I love the progression. Um, when it does come to my love life, I am a little impatient, but I've had to learn to kind of take a step back because each t- I've noticed that each time I've rushed into a relationship, it's never worked out because I am, I'm looking at this person as not the person of who they are, but what I want them to be. And that's not fair. And so I really had to kind of slow down. I almost caught myself, you know, jumping back into the same cycle again. And I had to take, I had to like stop and say, okay, remember how you got into your last relationship? Do you want to repeat and then have to start all over again with your progress? And I, you know, I really had to take a moment and say, okay, I see the trend. I got to stop the trend. And so I'm very proud of myself. I paused and I said, okay, got to slow down again. And so I'm, I'm working on it. I'm be, I think I'm getting a little better, um, but it's, it's definitely a work in progress. But I, I am very proud that I didn't kind of like jump in and just say, okay, but I can, this will be different this time. No, I was very proud that I was able to recognize the signs, recognize the pattern and kind of just hit pause it is very rewarding when you kind of take time out for yourself and just go through and kind of reflect on different relationships and how it started and how it ended. And you kind of, and there is, there is a pattern, you know, we do fall into the same pattern because it's comfortable and that's what we're used to. And so because I didn't want to be in another long unwanting relationship, I, I really had to pinpoint my weaknesses pinpoint where the pattern starts and then once I did that I was able to see it from the outside looking in and I was like okay so this is what happens and then I was able to take a step back and say all right yep not gonna do this again so definitely take that time if you find yourself in a rut in your love life definitely take that time to kind of like pause breathe you know work on yourself I've even written you know things down my habits like what I always go for and why I always fall for the certain kind of guy. I even did all that and which also helped me really take a step back and kind of like look up like, okay, I'm heading in that same direction. So it's, it's, it's a very long process. (laughs) It's a very annoying process, but you will be very satisfied with the person you develop into. And that's, that's kind of the point in my, where I am in, you know, in the end point in my life right now. In this journey that I'm going through is there's nothing wrong with telling people how you want to be treated, how you, you know, how you feel like you should be loved. There's nothing wrong with telling someone that you're in a relationship with, with, you know, that what you're doing is making me upset. And I would appreciate if you didn't do that again, or I would appreciate if you take my feelings into consideration because how, what you're feeling is valid, right? Just because that person's okay in the relationship doesn't mean you have to be okay too. It takes 
you know, people's like, oh, I want a healthy and happy relationship. Well, both people have to be healthy and happy in that relationship in order for that relationship to be healthy and happy. And that's what happened in my last relationship. My ex thought because he was okay in a situation that I had to be okay because we're dating. Because he's because I'm his girlfriend. So as long as he's okay, then I'm supposed to be okay. And that what I was feeling was just it was whatever, like it wasn't valid or it was, I'm overthinking it. And that's, that's not right. If there's one person in a relationship that's not happy, clearly there is something wrong. And that's what I've learned through this process. Like I, I personally have to be more, I personally have to be more vocal in how I feel about certain situations and how, you know, that person is making me feel. I would just like to end this episode with a a little uh, uh, inspirational speech. So this speech made by Andre DeShields was made in 2019. He received a Tony um, for his character in the Broadway play Hades Town. Uh, this is my first time ever hearing about this this gentleman. He's in his 70s. Uh, I don't know much about him, but what he said was very inspirational, and it's going. Um, It's pretty much going viral on the internet. And I just wanted to share these words with you and however they resonate. Surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. The top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. So keep climbing. 